several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter And we're going to get into a subject that I don't think actually we've ever talked about on Grape Encounters What is it? 468 episodes And we really have not taken a deep dive into Italian wines And they are so delicious But I think one of the reasons that people don't drink them Is they're so complicated At least they seem complicated And so today we're going to navigate our way through Italy a bit. And I have a very special guest here. It's Francesco Cremonini, and he is with a company called Tutto Vino. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did say it right. Did you like the enthusiasm? Tutto Vino. Of course, yeah. That's how would you how would it. you say it? Tutto vino. Oh, tutto vino. Okay, it's a little different attitude. I think a lot of our listeners may know that I am half Italian, Francesco. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. The, the lower half. The upper half, I don't know. It's a bit of everything. And uh, so I should, by instinct, understand Italian wines better. But I would say, you know, I have a, a good working knowledge of most wines. But I do admit that with Italian wines, I get a little bit confused. Uh, it's uh, We don't get as much education on Italian wines. But what I found interesting is we've actually carried uh, a lot of Italian wines in our retail store, the Grape Encounters Emporium. Glad to have you here, Francesco. Where do we start when it comes to Italian wines? What do you say to the person? who says, I don't drink Italian wines because I don't understand them. Where do we begin? What's the starting spot? Starting spot. Uh, so first of all, thank you, David, for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure. Where do we start? I would start, uh, first of all, with the classic Italian wine that uh, are renowned worldwide. For example, like a Chianti, Sangiovese varietal. Starting from those and then move more to varietal that are uh, not renowned as a Sangiovese. They're very renowned related to the region. So let's start with the Sangiovese for a second. Sangiovese, well, actually, I should say Chianti is a term that I think most people would be familiar with. Even if you're not a wine drinker, you've heard the term Chianti, and very often in the bottle, uh, not so much now, but in the bottles with the baskets, uh, the, the weave around it. Mm-hmm. What we don't realize is is that it's made primarily, right, with the same grape that we know um, here as Sangiovese. Correct. And, yes. and we drink Sangiovese, and and lots of people know that varietal and love it. Well, if you're 
a Sangiovese lover, you need to try Chianti. What are the differences? So Chianti is a, a big uh, region. They're dividing now Chianti, Chianti Classico, which if you have the term Classico, means that it comes from a historical smaller region than the bigger region of Chianti. And then we have the uh, Reserva as well, that are wine that they age for longer. This is where historically Sangiovese was planted. So Chianti, it's where Sangiovese was born 100 years ago. And right now we have different style from lighter to fuller body. From a geographical standpoint, we know the country of Italy as shaped like a boot. So where would the region be geographically for those who want to understand that part of it? Uh, so Chianti is in Tuscany. So I would say that it is central north if you look at the country. But yeah, the region in Tuscany, if you want to be more specific, is northern part of the Tuscan region. So the biggest city in that area is going to be Florence. Florence, yes. So, you know, this is one thing that's very interesting. If you're going to take a trip to Italy, Tuscany is probably one of the great regions to go visit. Now, watch the movie Under the Tuscan Sun. It's one of my favorite. It's a, it's a chick flick, by the way, but I've probably seen it eight times because the visual aspects of how it portrays uh, Tuscany is very accurate. As beautiful as it is in the movie, it's even more beautiful in person. And there's so much to do there, both from a wine perspective and an art perspective. And I think that there's a real deep relationship, is there not, between art and wine in that region? There's a deep relationship that dated a long time ago. Tuscany is a beautiful uh, destination, uh, renowned worldwide, like you said, for the art, uh, the food and the wine and the beautiful scenery. So it's probably the first place that you think about when you want to uh, visit Italy. There's so much more. Other wine regions are as beautiful as Tuscany, but definitely Tuscany is kind of the flagship Okay, so that's a, you're going to get a good education in Tuscany. And I will tell you also that when you visit the wineries there, most of the people speak English. Uh, they're going to be able to give you a great education. And there's a lot of varietals there, not just Sangiovese. So yes. you can experience them, including, I think, some varietals that we're more familiar with here. Of course, yeah. In the southern part of Tuscany, what's called Maremma, which is southwestern, very close to the Mediterranean, they grow the what's called the international varietals. So Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, some Syrah, and they do um, some what they call now Super Toscan. I was just going to so, ask you if you could tell us, you know, simplify for us what a Super Toscan is. Super Toscan is a term that came up about 20, 25 years ago for those wine that they were made out of the classic uh, Toscan uh, style. So winemakers they start producing uh, and growing Bordeaux varietal and blending those varietal with Sangiovese, and they come up with this term. See, isn't that interesting? So we're talking about the Bordeaux varietals like Cabernet, Merlot, uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Will that wind up in there? Mostly red. So Malbec? Uh, Malbec, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. How about uh, Petit Verdot? Yeah, yes, definitely. Petit Verdot would be there. All right, but I've noticed that on some of the Super Tuscans that there may be a Rhone varietal in there as well, Syrah. Yes, yes, there's some Syrah as well. So 
So in that region, Maremma, they grow a little bit of, of everything. But the most popular is probably Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. So would it be safe to say then that if somebody was wanting to know and experience more about Italian wines, that a super Tuscan is going to be more in line with the American palate than some of the other Italian wines? Definitely, definitely. Okay, I agree. So, so this just made the entire uh, radio show worth the price of admission. Because if you just start there with those two wines, then, you know, you can have some uh, real fun and you'll enjoy them and they will not be out of your comfort zone. Whereas, you know, some of the others might be out of your comfort zone only because you don't know about them, but you're going to love them as well. You poured me a wine just now. It's a white wine. Talk about that for just a minute. Sure. So this is a, a Sauvignon. So international varietal Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc comes from Friuli, which is a region northeast of Italy, one of the coolest wine region in the world. And uh, it's renowned Friuli to produce some of the best white wine in the world, Friuli. So what's the, the, the nearest big city that somebody would recognize? Unfortunately, nobody really knows about Friuli. They're not big city. You can say that maybe it's two hours east of Venice. Okay. Uh, but Venice is in Veneto, but Friuli is northern east So it would of be Venice. a beautiful drive, would it not be, from Veneto to Friuli? Yeah, it would be a beautiful drive. It's a great region close to uh, Slovenia. And remember, when, when we say Friuli, we're not talking about beans, okay? <laughs> Here in the States, people, Friolis, those are beans. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, I guess beans are shaped a little bit like grapes. Tell me w- what I'm experiencing in this. Is there a different way of making this Sauvignon Blanc than would be typical of the Sauvignon Blancs in California or perhaps New Zealand? How does it differ? Uh, yeah, there are some difference. Uh, first of all, is the region where it grows is very cold, uh, so the wine has an incredibly high, high acidity. Um, Which makes it a real good food wine. Mm-hmm. It's probably a medium body. Alcohol content doesn't reach high level because it's so cold. So it's probably stay around 11, 12 alcohol content. So, so low, in, low in alcohol. Low in alcohol. And I'm, high I'm in drinking acidity. it now. It's very crisp. It is high in acidity, but it, it's not offensively high in acidity, which is really nice because sometimes the acid can be so overwhelming, but I think this is really delicious. All right, we're going to take a quickie break here right now. I'm talking to Francesco Cramonini from Tutto Vino, and uh, they distribute some really tremendous Italian wines, and I wanted to to bring a real true Italian in here. You are a real true Italian, are you not? (laughs) Yes, I am. Where were you born? I was born in Modena. Modena. Modena is famous for the balsamic vinegar. Oh, did you bring any of that? The Modena, unfortunately. No, I left the whole home. Oh, no. All right, well, listen, we'll be back with Francesco in just a minute. We're doing a crash course in Italian wine today on Grape Encounters Radio. So uh, practice your Italian accent, and we will be right back. Grape Encounters is 100% estate-grown. We have, however, removed the pretentiousness and added a healthy dose of fun. David will be right back as soon as he's through unfriending anyone who doesn't love wine. Oh, I I guess it's going to be a very short break. Hi, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. 
It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts in lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. Before we continue with the show, I want you to do yourself a favor. Write down two words or get Siri or Alexa to remember them for you. The words are peak, P-E-A-K-E, ranch. Over the past 10 years, my product endorsements are few and far between. That's because I'm not just a wine talk show host. I'm also a wine critic and a wine judge. The Wines of Peak Ranch would easily win a gold medal for me in a blind tasting. They're a small boutique label making wines from grapes grown on one of California's most legendary properties. The Pinots, Chardonnay, and Syrah will blow your mind. Log on to peakranch.com, read their story, and buy a bottle or two or three. Each varietal is a masterpiece. Get yours at peakranch.com. Encounters is 100% estate-grown. We have, however, removed the pretentiousness and added a healthy dose of fun. Committed to uncorking a new wine story every day is your host, David Wilson. today on Grape Encounters Radio. I'm so pleased to have in as a guest Francesco Cremonini. He represents Tutto Vino and they sell in the U.S. some really, really special, wonderful wines. And by the way, in case somebody wanted to uh, look into that last wine. What was the name of the wine that we just tried? The producer name is Tonon, and the region is from Friuli. If you want to go more specific, it's the region called Grave in the southern part of the region. This is interesting. You just poured me during the break a Merlot. How popular is Merlot in Italy? Definitely not the most plant of varietal. Each region in Italy has their own native indigenous varietal, but we do have planted uh, international varietal Bordeaux varietal like Merlot in the northern part of the country in Trentino, Lombardia and Veneto and Friuli as well. In this case, we're tasting a wine from Veneto. 
the average American is not going to taste like, let's say, a California Merlot. First of all, more acidic. Is that because in Italy there's such a huge emphasis on food and wine that you're going to find these higher acid contents in a lot of the wines uh, because of that? Uh, tell me about this this bottle of wine. It's got a. It's really cool too because there's a ribbon that goes around the neck of the wine and then the ends of the ribbon go all the way down to the label and the label is over the ribbons to hold it on but then attached to the ribbon near the top of the neck is a piece of wood and that's a a vine right yeah it's a very pretty bottle Uh, looks very nice when they do prune the vine in the winter they keep uh, some of this uh, piece of branch and they attach to the bottle i think it's a very nice uh, cute idea and that's the signature of this winery they've been making this since 1957 so then i could take that ribbon off and then wear that around my neck yeah that's a good idea yeah okay so a little more about this wine then i I would say i can definitely tell you it's going to be lower in alcohol than a merlot from california that's for sure higher in acid you're looking at the alcohol content now what is it the alcohol content in this wine it's 12. 12%. So in France, it might be 13, 13 and a half. In California, it might be 15, could go 16 even. So this is a really light Merlot. This is Correct. This to me would be, gosh, just something, would definitely drink this with pasta for sure. And it's got something red, but not so much that's going to overpower the wine. I agree. This is a great uh, everyday drinking. Traditionally, with every meal that we have during the day, we have a glass of wine. So this is would be does that, the perfect does that inc- does that include, lunch. Does that include breakfast? Uh, no, no. Breakfast, no. no. You said every but, meal. I'm just listening to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, but late breakfast, probably a nice uh, sparkling white, uh, 11 o'clock brunch. But this is the perfect wine for lunch, uh, easy pairing with many food. And it's a lovely Merlot, uh, dark fruits, plum, blueberry. The body, it's medium, so not high in alcohol. And is aging barrique for just a year. So it adds a, a little bit of a complexity, a smokiness to the to the wine that it would go um very well. Do you think that if somebody was a an American Merlot lover, this wine would shock them, or would they be comfortable with this, even though it's quite different than what they might be used to? I think it would be pleasantly a surprise. Like all the varietal, depends where it grows, the varietal adapt to the climate and change. So this is a Merlot for, for, from, from a cool climate, northern Italy, so different than California style, but definitely a good representation of the varietal. Okay, so throw another region at me that you think people would want to not only visit, but try the wines from. Actually, this region, Veneto, it's gorgeous. There are so many wine from red, white, and sparkling, uh, like super renowned Prosecco. There's a beautiful lake called Lake Garda. There's a beautiful city, Verona, renowned from his arena. That's probably one of my favorite regions in the whole country. Okay, so I want to talk about Prosecco for a second. You just mentioned it. And that is a a sparkling wine that has become extremely popular as an alternative to champagne. I mean, there's been a Prosecco boom. What is the difference between Prosecco and Champagne? So all those French sparkling Champagne, but also other regions are bottle fermented. So second fermentation, it is in the bottle. Which they, is, they had something called a dosage. 
which has yeast and sugar basically in it. First fermentation already uh, um, done in tanks. Then they do the cuvee and they add yeast and sugar for the second fermentation in the bottle. So that's the traditional method, champenoise method, and produce a very, very fine sparkling wine. Uh, Prosecco, it's a great wine because it tastes really good. It's not uh, fermented in the bottle. It's fermented in a second fermentation, happen in a pressurized tank. Then, So they, they pressurize that with CO2? Yeah, they pressurize the tank uh, with CO2. The fer- second fermentation happened in this big stainless steel tank. And then after a period of stabilization, uh, the wine, it's, uh, uh, it's bottled. So let's talk about the, the grapes. The grapes uh, for Prosecco is Glera. Glera. It's a yeah. Glera, G-L-E-R-A. It's uh, fairly unknown, except for Prosecco. They uh, brought it up to the market and grows uh, in the area of Prosecco, which is uh, mostly in Veneto. And uh, is there anything else typically added, or is it usually just that one grape? Mostly that the one grape. The one grape, yeah. And the interesting thing is, it's it, first of all, and I have to say this quickly, if you don't like champagne because you don't like the flavor of it, probably because you don't like Pinot Noir or you may not like Chardonnay, which are two of the principal grapes that go, grow in, that go in there, don't judge Prosecco on the basis of champagne because it's a completely different grape and it just tastes delicious. Anyway, we're going to try some other things that uh, I hope will taste delicious in just a second. My guest today, Francesco Cremonini from Tutavino, and he's given us a crash course in Italian wines, and I'm so glad to be getting it. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after these messages. Remember, as much as you may love wine, it is not the answer to your problems. Unless the problem is you're out of wine. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. You don't have a problem with that, do you? For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. Grape 
Connecting winemakers, wine lovers, wine adventures, and all things wine from around the globe. You are listening to Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, centrally located in the Central Coast wine country of San Luis Obispo County, California. Oh my gosh, my guest Francesco Cremonini was holding out on me. I didn't realize it. We were talking about Chianti and I didn't know he had a bottle of Chianti stashed back there. Shame on you. I made you pour it. Let's go back to Chianti for a second because it would have been nice to taste this back in segment one of the show. What do we got here? I brought Chianti because it's one of my favorite wine in the world. Probably one of the most renowned wine internationally and made out of mostly Sangiovese. Today we're tasting a Riserva from 2011. Good. And again, the acid's there. That seems to be a a general thing that is consistent with the Italian wines is is the acid. Yeah. The the reverence for food and the need for acid. What would I drink this with? I mean, what would I eat this with? Traditionally, Chianti, it's uh, paired with uh, Ribollita, which is a Toscan soup made out of mostly beans. It's a very rich, thick soup uh, that is cooked for a couple of days. Ribollita, one of the best Toscan dish. And of course, uh, you're going to have Chianti with a Fiorentina, which is a, a bone-in beef steak cooked medium rare. And uh, this is a good wine for really thick, brothy soups and stews, right? What, what meats do you like? What meats? Yeah, you, personally. Uh, I... I, I just, know, you eat everything, right? I, I love food. Uh, uh, I love pork, and I love bistec, so beautiful beef. Uh, how about I la- love also veal. How about lamb? I love lamb as well. Because I, I was envisioning lamb with this, like a thick, rich lamb stew. Is there such a dish in Italy? Probably like a, a, with portobello mushroom, so uh, okay. lamb with some mushroom to add a very uh, a strong, uh, strong taste. But yeah, definitely grill. Uh, marinated with you know with herbs it would be very nice like a sage a thyme rosemary so give me a, a kind of a rundown on the most popular Italian wines and what you would likely pair them with because for instance I have a lot of customers that come into our wine bar you know they say well we're going to have this for dinner or that for dinner I would love to send them home with an Italian bottle but I'd like to know, in your opinion, you know, what some of the more popular Italian wines would be paired with. So, uh, for example, today we're tasting um, Chianti, and I will have it with uh, this soup that I mentioned, Ribollita. It's a Toscan beans uh, soup. For sure, that would be a great pairing. Next, we're going to taste Nebbiolo from Piemonte. And for sure, traditionally, Nebbiolo, you're going to have uh, mushroom and truffle. So I will do a risotto. Uh, rice with uh, porcini mushroom and truffle cheese. It would be a great pairing for Nebbiolo. Are these good wines to pair with just cheese, like a cheese plate? Yes, of course. I think so. So uh, give me one more. One more. I would go uh, right now with a white, for example, a nice white wine from Veneto called Soave. And I will have it with a beautiful uh, seafood pasta, like uh, spaghetti with uh, clams, with garlic and parsley and extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, you're making me like super hungry right now, Francesco. How come you're so thin? 
I, I got Okay, you know, how can you be Italian and thin? I, I don't understand. The Italians walk a lot. I know that, right? Yes, we walk a but, lot and we use the bicycle a lot. And, but we eat do you do that even though you live in uh, the U.S.? You ride I'm, your I'm bike sorry? a lot and walk a lot? Oh, no, unfortunately here, no. Okay, <laughs> so you must eat healthy. That's all I can imagine. Or you've just got great metabolism. One of the things that I think uh, a lot of people don't know is that Italy is the number one producer of wine in the world. It's correct. It's true. It's, it, it's amazing when you think about it. But I think, isn't Italy about the size of California? But there's wine literally from one end of Italy to the other as you, well. You're right, David. Yes. Uh, Italy is about the same of California, maybe slightly bigger. And yes, we do make wine from the top north, from Trentino to the last island, Sicilia, include the island of Sardinia, so every place makes wine. So you mentioned two places that I, I have had wonderful wines from. In fact, you've shared some with me, what we would call Sicily, and I'm Sicilian. I'm half Sicilian, mm -hmm. and, and those wines are, are really delicious. Can you kind of give folks an idea about what wines to look for that are from Sicily? You will find them. If you go into a, a really good wine shop, you're going to find Sicilian wines. It's true, right? Yeah, uh, Sicily uh, makes a great wines, actually connecting what you were saying before from a California wine drinker, probably. Probably Sicily is something that gets uh, more familiar with the palate because it's very warm, plenty of sunshine. So like a Sicilian wine, they're really getting closer to California style. Yes, I, I've really noticed that. There's a little more fruit, I think, which is sort of more the American palate in Sicilian wines. So that would, again, be a good entry point, would it not be? For somebody who is interested in, in Italian wines, that's a really good place to start, right? Definitely. I think, what, are, um, what are some of the varietals in Sicily? that you would recommend? Probably uh, Nero Davola. It's a red varietal. That it's very, very, very good. Big wine, fruity, fruits forward. There's another one called Nerello Mascalese. It's another red varietal. Really, really, really good. And they grow also some Syrah, another red called Frappato. Uh, so really, really nice wine. It's very warm, so the wine are nice and full. Um, that's the style of Sicily. You also mentioned in Sardinia. Yeah. Are those going to be similar to the Sicilian wines? Yeah, for certain reasons, yes. Sardinia is another, uh, it's a, it's the island in the middle of the Mediterranean. They have a varietal like Cannonale that is basically uh, related to Grenache in south of the island. And they have uh, Carignan, another varietal Carignan. related to Wh France. Which, which, by the way, I want to uh, put my two cents worth in there for a second. Carignan is such a delicious wine all by itself. Just single varietal Carignan is one of the most delicious wines. We're growing more of it now in the U.S., not no. a lot, a tiny bit, but look for it. Both Italian and American Carignans, you will not be disappointed. It is really an up-and-coming varietal. I mean, it's been around forever, but it is getting more and more popular all the time. Is that the case in Italy as well? Yes, Carignan is a lovely varietal. I'm glad the, it's increasing the, um, the plantation acres here in California. And in Italy, it's uh, probably only planted in Sardinia. It's called Carignan del Sulcis in southern uh, part of the region and makes a, a beautiful wine. It's so what wine. does the Desuches mean? Uh, it's an it's a area. It's a region oh, called oh, just, It's just the area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I did want to ask you 
about the really expensive Italian wines, because sometimes you'll go into a restaurant and you'll see certain varietals that can bring a very, very high price. Can yes. you talk about those those two or three that I think are, are probably uh, the big ticket items? Yeah. So uh, right now in restaurant, probably there are those super Toscan that we talked uh, about it before. Um, some of them, they won so many awards, uh, very high demand. Uh, those are small production. And those are some of the most expensive wine that we have in Italy. Plus all the um, wine, they have uh, uh, big names and they are very uh, high longevity wine like Barolo, some of the most renowned producer like uh, Pio Cesare uh, they are very very expensive yeah, they, uh, those they, are, can, they can get into the hundreds of dollars yes of course uh, also more and of course uh, uh, I don't have to forget Brunello di Montalcino uh, those are family it's probably the most asked for Italian wine when somebody comes to our shop yeah. So yes. what? So so speak of that wine for just a second and explain what it is. Oh, Brunello di Montalcino is my favorite wine in the world, and is the really mo- yes is the most elegant wine that I ever taste. Look at you! You've got this big <laughs> grin on your face. Wow! I think we're going to take a break and let him wipe that smile off of his face. We'll be back with my guest. It's Francesco Cremonini from uh, Tutto Vino, and uh, just stay with us. And uh, we've got one more wine we're going to try in the next segment. So I'm looking forward to that, and he's getting ready to fill my glass. time or any animals harmed during the making of today's show. However, countless grapes were crushed and mutilated. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. Hi, it's David Wilson, and if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. 
I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then, I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts in lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. Did you know that you can visit us in person? right in the heart of the Central Coast wine country of California. We can get you a special rate at one of our loveliest hotels, introduce you to some epic wines in person, help you chart out amazing self-guided winery tours, and tell you stories that we're not allowed to share on the radio. Okay, that last one was a, a stretch. Here's David. Yet another edition of Grape Encounters Radio. Yet another beautiful Italian wine sitting in front of me. I have not even sniffed it yet. My guest today, Francesco Cremonini, giving us a crash course in Italian wine. I'm so glad you came here today. Well, thank you. Thank you, David. Really, so really, really me. having a lot of fun with you. I wish you had brought like a, a pot of pasta. It would have been nice. <laughs> yes, it would be nice. Who was, the, who was the best cook in your family? Best cook in my family was, it could be, you was know, my, aunts was and my uncles, grandma. grandma. Your grandma? Was my grandma, yeah. Mine too. Did you have a little fat grandma? Uh, no, no, she wasn't fat. Oh, mine was. <laughs> you know, one of the dishes we didn't mention that she, she loves to make is pasta fagioli. Oh, I love pasta fagioli. Yeah. Yeah, so good. What do you, that's another bean soup kind yeah. of bean stew. You can, that's noodles and pasta. Yeah. I mean, uh, noodles and beans. And rather. beans, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, you know, kind of a creamy, milky almost uh, kind of uh, a broth. Not milky exactly, but the consistency of, you know, thick cream. But uh, actually a very healthy dish. And what do I pair that with? Pasta Fagioli. Pasta fagioli, nice. Uh, Is it fagioli? Fagioli, oh, exactly. My grandma was mispronouncing it. <laughs> anyway, she was. Yeah, but it's a, it's a lovely dish, a very traditional. Um, yeah, I love pasta fagioli. Uh, you can go with a big varietal red. Those that we taste today, they will go well, but for sure, it's a very rich pasta dish, fagioli, uh, nice and flavor, and they have this dry taste. Isn't there a little ham in there? Yes, you or can pork? do a different version. For sure, yeah. You can even add mushroom, but yeah, you're a many. big you're a big mushroom fan. I can tell right now. You're a mushroom guy. Yeah, also, so yes, I, I just <laughs> yeah. a, I'm a big food lover. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you out to dinner sometime. That sounds good to me. I'll pay, but we're gonna go to one of the authentic uh, Italian restaurants, and I'm gonna let you order it for me. Okay, sounds good because uh, I think you know your stuff. Okay, you poured me one more wine here. We got just a few minutes left, and if you're tuning in late, uh, we're talking to Francesco Cremonini. And by the way, uh, you can find the podcast of this show, if you missed part of it, at GrapeEncounters.com. You can also now buy wine at GrapeEncounters.com. We've put together uh, special three-packs for you. 
nice. of wonderful wines. We just started doing this. I, you know, I don't want to do a big commercial, but people are always asking me, what do you drink, Dave? What do you drink? So I put together four three-packs of the wines that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And you can just go online and, to Grape Encounters and click the banner at the top, and you can order them online. The truth is, is that you're going to start to understand the styles of wine that I like. You know, so you don't have to ask me, David, what do you like? Because I get letters all the time. People ask you that, right, Francesco? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you like? What do you like? Anyway, yes. we found that out today. So what nice. am I drinking now? Uh, right now we're tasting a Lange. Lange is a region in uh, Piemonte uh, next to the very renowned uh, Barolo and Barbaresco. Mm. Uh, but it goes out of this village. And so uh, the region in this case is Lange, which is a Nebbiolo bla- base, but it's blended with Barbera. Well, oh, by the way, that is a really important, I think, varietal to mention. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to the wine. But Barbera is really a delicious wine. And yes. it is very Italian. We can get it here very easily in the States. Mm-hmm. And I really recommend that as also a really good entry point into Italian wines, because I think you'll find with your American palate, that wine to be very delicious. Yes. So, Barbera, it's a, a, a fruity, soft tanning, full body red that is just delicious. Everyday drinking in Piemonte, they say Barbera for every day, Nebbiolo for Friday, Saturday night. And I, and I would also say this, that if you're an American wine drinker who likes Merlot, I think you'd like Barbera. Mm-hmm. What we're drinking right now, the the varietals in this glass are what? Uh, varietal, it's Nebbiolo, the it's base Nebbiolo, of okay. the blend, and uh, some Barbera as a blending component. Yeah, and and, and so this is an, a region that is right next to the regions that are producing some of the most expensive wines in the world. Mm-hmm. Are the soils the same? Some is the same. Lange is a little bit bigger region than Barolo and Barbaresco, so it's a, a a wider, uh, larger region. There are a lot of things uh, um, in common in the climate, I think. Uh, the soil might be slightly different. Because this is really delicious, and I don't know, what would this wine retail for? Uh, retail? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, well, that's fair, but, but but it's safe to say that this wine is not going to be more than $30. Yes, yes, uh, uh, around 40 probably. Oh, around 40 retail, yeah. okay. Whereas uh, a Barbaresco or a, a Barolo, uh, you might pay $100 for a good bottle of that. Uh, this is an interesting uh, phenomenon that, it's not a phenomenon, but it's the thing that happens all over the world is that there are a lot of wineries, winemaking operations that might be right next to a region that gets top dollar. It's kind of like having a house that's right outside the gated community. You know, yep. just because you're on the other side of the gate and your house is just as nice, it's not worth a fraction of what the houses on the other side of the gate are worth. And so you get these great wines, but you don't have to pay the high prices. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fair assessment of, of, of what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's exactly why I picked this region, Lange, because it's right next door to these renowned villages as Barolo as Barbaresco. But they make a very good, high quality wine with much more affordable price. That's my favorite wine of the day. I think they're all food wines. You know, yes, I think, uh, you know, there are wines here in the States that you can just sit down and drink the whole bottle and not even worry about having food. But I would say that you would drink this with food. And remember, that's that's very much the case in Italian wines. You know, the Italians, in my opinion, the best food in the world comes from Italy, the most diverse food. It's not just pizza, pasta, and things like that. There's 
the it's a very broad menu as you go across Italy and the style of food changes radically from one end of the country to the other but we get the American Italian here mostly and uh, when you go to Italy you're going to always have a bottle of wine with the food because the food is not nearly as good if you don't pair with this kind of wine it's true I fair agree. enough yeah it's fair enough I all agree. right Francesco Cramonini it is so nice to have you in here it's so nice that you bring these great wines to us uh, his company is Tutto Vino and a small company that's uh, really doing a great job bringing uh, Italian wines to our country and uh, we appreciate that very much I've not really tasted anything that you've ever poured for me that wasn't delicious and thank I thank you, you for that thank you David thank you for inviting me here oh you're very welcome alright that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today guess we're going to say goodbye in Italian so uh, why don't you sign us out uh, thank you thank you everyone uh, all I can say is arrivederci uh, buona giornata we'll be back next week You never know what part of the country or the world the Grape Encounters microphones will take you to. Don't miss a single experience. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition.